man. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gents. This is a boy, Casanova from Orlando, Florida, on this awesome international podcast, Good Wine and Great Laughs, season three, episode number eight. And today's topic is Where is the main suspect from Gabby Petito's homicide? Brian Lowry now. You will know shortly what type of wine I am drinking. So, ladies and gents, let's get this party started. Let's go! Alright, ladies and gents, once again, this is your boy Casanova from Orlandito, Florida, on this awesome and international podcast, Good Wine and Great Laughs, Season 3, Episode number 8. And once again, the topic is, where is the main suspect on Gabby Petito's homicide, Brian Laundry now? And today is Saturday, September the 25th, 2021. And the weather here in the city beautiful will be sunshine and some clouds. Highest of 90 and the lowest of 70. But ladies and gentlemen, before I jump right on the topic, I will let you know what type of wine I am drinking here at Casa Casanova. And before I tell you the wine of the day, I have to tell you a story that happened this week and also is related to the wine of the day. Well, for those that don't know, your boy Casanova travels a lot during the week. And every time that I have a time, you know, myself and some co-workers that are wine lovers, we always try to find, you know, a wine store, if there's a winery, anything related to the wine in the area. So, we got to Riverhead, New York. And we decided to do our search about the wine chase. <laughs> so, the first winery that we went was closed. So, the second one, there was not one second place as far find something you know, new to drink or whatever, was a vodka distillery. I'm not a vodka person, so we have a, you know, my co my co-workers and friends have a good time, they have a little bit of vodka and I'm on my phone trying to find some places and then I find I found on my Google search this place called the farm wine so I told hey my co-workers hey do you guys want to go to this place look like a farm wine is about three minutes where you are and now we are going to this place in Calverton New York so it's a funny story because we now, got in the car, we went there, but by the time we got to the address, it was like a regular house, and behind the house was this huge, looked like a huge barn. There was no sign of the farm, you know. So, my co-worker said, oh man, look like this, the, the uh, American uh, horror story this here. So, I started joking because I was on the black in the crowd, the, the group, and I said, oh, I'm not going inside this house by myself. The first one, because in the horror movie, black people the first one to die. <laughs> so I said, oh, hell no. So 
One of my friends said, hey, why not to call? So I called, and I think the gentleman that answered the phone was not understanding my accent. So my friend said, let, let me talk to, to him. So he was talking to the, the, this, this gentleman, and you were just like, you drove inside the, the parking lot, the area of the house. You turn around, have the, the, my friend said, let me have the car right in front of the road, just in case you have to run, right? You are. <laughs> My other friend was talking to the the, the, the gentleman. He said, "Is that the farm uh, farm wine?" Because we found these on, on Google, and he just wants to you know buy some wine and try some wine. He said, "Yes, you're in the right place. Just hold on for a second. Let me come out the house." So this gentleman, so he said, "Park over here, yada yada." So he parked in the car. Now you walk. This gentleman came outside, opened the door, very nice. You now welcome us inside the house, and it was soon you walk in. Was this huge? Like behind was a, a a little deck that has a nice tables. So he said, "I'll be right back." Yada yada. So this gentleman bought like some wine glasses, bought four bottles of wine, and then he sat down and explained to us what his farm wine was all about. You know, and when I talk about the wine of the day, I uh, there's a label that explains about his family history and his farm history as far as the wine is concerned. Ladies and gents, I'm gonna tell you right now, in the, in the, even though in the beginning it was kind of like it was shady in the right place, like something like that, that was the best wine uh, experience for going to a, a winery, a farm, farm wine in a winery as well. That I ever had this gentleman, Mr. Farm, is his name. Mr. Far is his name. A F A R R is his name, and he run that farm one of his wife and some employees. And like this, if I may tell you, man, this gentleman is a very, very nice gentleman. He explained everything about the history, how the philosophy that he has for the wine is concerned. And after that little, uh, kind of, was about 30 minutes, 30 to 40 minutes conversation. And each time he brought it now, he opened new wine and explained to us how he makes all this information about the particular wine. And after all that, this, man, this gentleman took his time and took us to the wine field where he, he you know, the grape field where he grows his, his different type of grapes different now for the purpose and the little history what happened in the past the pandemic and, and some he lost some employees i'm telling right now if you are in new york long area Kevington area you if you love wine you definitely need to stop by mr far Farm wine and on my website, not on my website, but on my website I post my, my the links for my podcast episode. But you definitely, I will give you guys all the information about the wine that I bought for the one for today. Also, his information, his his address for the farm wine on my Facebook page, on my Instagram that you're going to see all this information and of course the picture of wine of the day. So. For the one of the days from Mr. Farm, for Farm Wine is a rosé, and then this rosé is a 2012 vintage. The alcohol percentage of this wine is 12.7 per volume, and according to the label, label in the back give a little a little bit of history of 
the farm family. And the information goes that in 1990, the farm owned by Rex and Connie Farr was the first organic farm in Long Island. And in 2005, they planted 10 acres of Bordeaux-style grapes, Carbonet Franc, Merlot, Malbec, Petit Verdot, and Carmenere. All wines are crafted from grapes grown by biodynamically at the farm, following the principles of Rudolf Steiner. You are now holding the fruits of our labor. We hope we enjoy it as much as we did making. And once again, kudos to Mr. and Mrs. Rex and Connie Farr. I appreciate your hospitality, Mr. Farr, and everything that you have done for, for us, my, myself, and my friends when we visit you this week in your farm. In your farm. So, let's do what I do best, and let's drink some of this wine, celebrating the way that Mr. Farr make his delicious wine. And he has two types of Merlot. I bought the one that has a little bit darker, has a little bit darker color than the regular Merlot that will see that has that pinkish color. This wine is delicious. This one of the best. Rose wine that I have tasted in my entire life. And I've been drinking wine for a long, long, long time, ladies and gents. So once again, kudos to Mr. Farr on his farm wine. Wine is <laughs> this man is a genius and very hospitable as well. So once again, once I finish, now once you see, finish listening to my podcast, you can go to my Facebook page, Good Wine and Great Laughs by Cassandra, of the, the comedian. You're going to see all the information about him and the wine of the day that I'm doing today, as well on my Instagram page, ladies and gents. So now that you already have our wine and you learn about a little bit of history of this wine, let's go down to business about what I'm talking about. So, ladies and gents, I'm watching the news the whole week. You talk about this young lady here that was a Florida resident that decided to go to with his boyfriend for a trip around the country. You know, in the van that they, her van that she got it, or I think she read it, but the van was, she was in charge of the van. That's what I know. And then, after... A month now, on the road, the boyfriend came back in town, and she was not with him. And, according to the news, he didn't give no explanation to her family, and just say, that I played the fifth, and there's nothing that I can say. I'm not going to say anything. Good luck. Something like that. So, I found this article, so I'm going to read more, more detailed information about the situation. So, 
on the ABC News website. There's an article that was written by Julian Jacob on September 15th. And the article's title is Gabby Petito's Boyfriend Named Person of Interest After Her Disappearance During a Road Trip. And Brian Laundry has refused to share information on his girlfriend's whereabouts. And the article as Police have named the boyfriend of Gabby Petito, a 22 years old woman who went missing during a couple's cross country road trip, a person of interest in, in her disappearance. Brian Laundry raised flags among Petito's family after he returned home to their home in Northport, Florida, with Petito's white. Van, Ford van, but Petito was nowhere to be found. The couple embarked on their trip in July from New York, where Petito is originally from, and made stops in Colorado and Utah. Her family told ABC News her mother, Nicole Smith, left her from her on August the 25th when Petito informed Smith that they were on their way to Grand Tatum National Park and Yellowstone National Park in Wyoming. Laundry returned to Florida on September 1st, police say. The Northport Police Department in Florida announced Wednesday that Laundry is now a person of interest in Petito's disappearance. The department has what well, has taken a lead in the investigation since both parties reside there, but investigators have no information that a crime took place there, police say. Petito's van was recovered from Northport home where she resides with Laurie and his parents, but investigators are not ready to release details for the search Northport Police Public Relations Officer Josh Taylor told reporters in a news conference Wednesday. A search warrant for the home has not been issued, Taylor added. Keep in mind, this was the beginning of the week, alright? So, the search has already happened in his parents' house. But keep going to the article. Laundry has not made himself available to be interviewed by investigative police say. Investigators and Petito's family are pleading with laundries to share crucial information that could help locate her. Northport Police Chief Todd Garrison even accused laundry of hindering this investigation, stating that the answer will eventually come out, unquote. Quote, as a father, I can imagine the pain and suffering Gabby's family is going through. Garrison said in a statement, You are pleading with anyone, including Brian, to share information with us on her whereabouts, whereabouts in the past few weeks. Petito was last seen on August 24th as she 
and Londa checked out a hotel in Salt Lake City. Her family said Smith had received two text messages from Petito since, since August 25th, but they did not contain any photos or updates on the couple's plans, so it was not clear where Petitus actually sent those texts. Schmidt, Schmidt also posted her last post with not, which was not geotagged on August 25th. So Petitus seemed excited the last time Schmidt, Schmidt spoke to her that she began to worry after she had not heard from her for several days, she said. Quote, a few days is one thing when you are not, we are out camping, but where it started to become seven, eight, nine, ten days, that's a problem, her mother told the ABC News. Instagram posts from both Petito and Laundry show that at the Mystic Hot Springs in Utah on July 26th and on a large rock structure at Arches National Park in Grand County, Utah on August 12th. On August 12th, police in Moab, Utah, responded to an incident involving Brian Laundry and Gabriel Petito, but there insufficient evidence existed to justify criminal charge. Moab, Utah Police Chief Brad Edge said in the statement Tuesday night. Officers responded to the report of a mask problem after witness say the couple involved in the altercation at the Arch National Park drove off in a white van according to the police report. When police officer located the van and pulled it over for a traffic stop, the couple admitted to arguing and that Petito has slept laundry. According to the report, the couple also stated to the police that laundry did not hit Petito. Petito told police that she suffers from severe anxiety, anxiety and the other medical conditions which were re redacted from the police, the police report and that the argument had been building for the past few days. Police labeled the incident as mental emotional break rather than a domestic assault according to the report. On August the 19th, Petito posted an eight-minute compilation of the couple's adventure so far on her YouTube channel, Nomic Static. Her family reported her missing to the Suffolk County Police Department in New York on Saturday. Taylor of the Northport Police Department expressed concern that Laundry has been in Florida for 10 days without seeing 
anything, saying anything before Petito's family report her missing. We are out. We are hopeful to talk to him. He needs to talk to us, Taylor said. We need to know exactly where he was, where she was, their last locations. And the fact that he was back here for 10 days. You know the family reported her missing 10 days later. While Laundry has not spoken publicly, his family released a statement Tuesday through their attorney, Stephen P. Bertolino, describing Petito's disappearance as an extremely difficult time for both families. This is understandably, understandably, understandably an extremely difficult time for both Petito family and the Laundry family. That statement read, It is our understanding that a search has been organized for Miss Petito in, in or near Grand Teton National Park in Wyoming. On behalf of the London family, it is our hope that the search for Miss Petito is successful and that Miss Petito is reunited with her family. On the advice of counsel, the London family is remaining in the background at this juncture will not have further comments. The Petito family released a statement Tuesday claiming that the one the, the one person that can help find Gabriel refuses to help, adding that they beg the laundry family to not remain in the background but to help find who Brian referred to as the love of his life. Brian is refusing to tell Gabby's family where she was, she last, he, where he last saw her. The Petito family say, Brian is also refusing to explain why he left Gabby all alone and drove her van to Florida. These are critical questions that require immediately answers, unquote. The FBI and agents Agencies in Utah and New York are also participating in the investigation. And ladies and gents, on that note, your boy Casanova is going to take a quick, quick break. When I come back on the second and final block, I have another article related to this situation uh, about now his family, mom and dad, they are now they did some shady thing in my point of view, but. You will know shortly when I return.
All right, ladies and gents, once again, this is your boy Casanova on this awesome international podcast, Good Wine and Great Laughs, Season 3, Episode Number 8, Block. This is the second and final block of this podcast. And on the second article that was, I found this on the MSN com website is an article by insiders and this article was reading by Eric Snodgrass and Cassidy Vlasmi and the topic of the uh, the title of this article is neighbors say they saw Brian Laundries and his parents leave their Florida home within with an attached attached camper after he returned from his trip with Gabby Petito. And the article goes as a couple who live across the street from Brian Laundry and his family told Fox News on Wednesday that they saw the 23 years old and his parents leaving their home in a truck with an attachment camper about a week after Lund returned home alone from a cross-country road trip with his fiancée Gabby Petito. Authorities are now are still searching for Laundry, who has been missing since the last Tuesday and is the person of interest in Petito's death which has been ruled as a homicide. Charlene and William Godry, who moved to Northport, Florida this summer, say they told the authorities that they have they would see they had seen Christopher and Roberta Laundry attach what appeared to be a new camper to the truck and drive off for what the countries assumed was a weekend camping with their son. I saw them doing some work and then when they prepared for the trip, I saw them loading the camper. William Guthrie told Fox. He said he thought it was odd for parents to go on a camping trip with their adult son in a small camper. The Guthries said they reported the incident when authorities came to their home while investigating the disappearance of the 22-year-old Petito. The Northport Police Department and the FBI did not immediately respond to insiders' requests for comments. Rebecca Ollier, an executive producer of at, produced at Wink.com, Wink TV tweeted on Wednesday that a neighbor said they had seen Laundry leave the home with his parents at the camper on September 11th. And the same day Petita's mother reported her missing. It was unclear where it was different neighbor than William or Charlene Guthrie. Laundry returning to his parents' home without Petito on September 1st. Authorities have said he declined to cooperate during 
the investigations into Petito's disappearance and his family say on Friday that they have not seen him since September 14th. That's a lie. Petito's body was found in Grand Teton North National Park on Sunday. The FBI said earlier this week that her death has been ruled at homicide. The police on Monday identified Laundry's parents' home as a crime scene and searched it. The search for Laundry continued on Wednesday with the K-9 units, scouring Florida, Florida's 25,000 acres Carlton Reserve, where he is believed to have gone missing. His parents say he went there for a hike. Gents, my final thoughts on this whole shenanigans here. First of all, number one, if you are innocent, the first thing that you do is, if you want to trip somebody or whatever, you should call the police right away. If, if let's say, let's let's go on this approach or perspective, if you want to say like that, if you want to call that. That if it means Gabby Petito has just walked away. As a man, I'm gonna give my own person if this thing has happened to me. And I'm just gonna give a little background on how I was raised. Alright? My mother, since I was a little boy, and it started getting my teenagers, teenage years. They know the hormones start kicking in, you know, you do not like girls now. Y'all know you get excited to see a girl, yada yada. My mama always told me that I should always respect somebody else's daughter. Because if I didn't, she would whoop my ass. Okay? So, on that perspective, I don't want no trouble. You know, the right thing to do, if he, Gabby has, has been just walk away or disappear in the trip... The first thing that he should do, if he was innocent, okay, let's go. Now, if he was innocent, everything is innocent to presume the, 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 the contrary. But if he was, you know, if there was an innocent man, he should have called the police right away. Number two, he should notify her family of what's going on. Hey, Gab was with me right now. All of a sudden, she have a, a, a breakdown and she decided to walk away. I'm calling her, I don't know where she is, yada yada. If he was 100% innocent. Now that's number one. Number two, after, after, that, after he drove out the way, the first thing he should do is go to the police department with the family and let the family know and let the Northport Police Department to find out what's going on. If this young man, now 20-some years old, was innocent of not have nothing to do with her disappearance of her death, okay? Now, another thing to me that's a red flag is because this man, okay, he said right here in the article that the van was recovered for none, and then he was in the house back in Florida, for 10 days and he has not made himself available to be interviewed by investigators per se and he doesn't want to give no information to her family so right there 
I don't understand why they did not tag his ass from the gecko because you're gonna keep a track on you now I'm not a police officer so I want I want to know the procedure so if any cops you know listen to this podcast and you want to give a true sense and make a comment you feel free to make a comment on my Facebook page as well or send a comment on my Instagram about the situation because to me it doesn't make any sense so they left this man free basically for 10 days nobody's pay attention what he could do now I'm going to just be the devil advocate right now and I'm going to bring a race on this situation because I know for sure as the way America is and has been for centuries if it, Brian Laundry was a minority the situation would be long gone because the police would be already track his ass or maybe hold him hostage or something keep a track of his ass you know anyway that's what I believe now another thing too that for me is a red flag is related to his parents because if this man arrives first of all when they have the interview they decide to be on the background Like I say, I don't want to be involved, right? I guess. And then another thing too that's for me, why are you now helping get a camper and just go and bounce with his with your son? I'm sorry, but I as a that's that's my personality and who I am. If I know anybody to commit a crime, or even if those my kids decide to make a crime, don't ask me for help because I'm not going to be involved on that nonsense. I'm not. I'm not going to mess up my life. You know, I live a decent, good life <laughs> for nobody. I say, nobody knows. <laughs> I say, nobody. So, I don't want to be involved in the shenanigans. And if I, if I, if I was my son... Oh no, boy, you're gonna be right here. You're gonna talk to the police. Now, I will make sure they take his ass to jail and they're gonna open your mouth and gonna tell me. And, and if you decide to run, don't ask, you better not take my car. You better don't ask for money because any money that I have, I'm gonna shut you down. You'll have no access. I'm not gonna be involved in that situation. So, to me, it's shady. It's very shady. Especially now, this man's on the loose. Nobody knows what it is. Though, unfortunately, I feel sorry. And my, my condolences to the Petito family that lost their child. 22 years old young lady. Gone from this earth now. Because this dude. Now, to me, he's a coward. I'm a child like it is. He's a punk ass coward. Because now, you kill this. Now, that, that's, to me, you, you don't, that's no explanation. Oh, You kill this girl, period. The evidence is going to come, the, the come once they do the autopsy of the body and they're going to find some shit. They're going to make sure they're going to find some stuff. And then this man is 100% guilty. Because there's no way on earth, if you are innocent, 
and if you don't want no charges, you're going to open your mouth and going to tell what happened, what it was, what's going on. But this mofo is 100% guilty. And shame on his parents too. That bounce and walk away and then try to help him to run away. Basically, that's what they did. Now, help their son to run away. Instead, take like a man. Since now you're the killer, you know, you like to kill somebody else's daughter. So if you do the crime, you do the time, homeboy. And I wish he get caught soon. And all the charges that are on the, oh, in the book that throw his ass. And he deserved not just him, but his parents too. Mr. DeLondre's parents, you know, they need to be charged as well for helping his son to run away. That's what I believe and that's the, what they deserve. All right, ladies and gentlemen, on that note, your boy Casanova would like to thank all of you people to listen that are listening to this awesome international podcast. Please keep sharing with all your friends and family. Good Wine and Great Laughs podcast is coming all the way from the bottom and moving straight to the top, aiming to be the number one spot. Once again, feel free to visit my website, goodwinegreatlabs.wordpress.com or you can go to my Facebook page, page, Good Wine and Great Laughs by Casanova the Comedian. And my Instagram page is Casanova the Comedian. You're going to see on the website, no, on the, sorry, on the Instagram and on my Facebook page all the information about Mr. Farr, his farm, his wine. So I definitely encourage you guys, if you live in New York, Long Island, Riverhead area, to pay a visit and buy his wine because believe me, you're going to love it and you're going to thank me for sharing this information. These, these gentlemen deserve all the credit for how he grows his grapes and how he makes his wine. So once again, this is a boy Casanova. Please be safe, be kind, and be blessed. Let's get out of here and I'll see you next Saturday. Coming from